has been moonlighting as a rock and roll singer on Facebook Live in recent weeks. Don't don't misrepresent me. I've been moonlighting as a uh, alt-country singer. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Alt-country. Yeah. Uh, I tuned into the first stream, I believe, which was very exciting. Uh, yeah, it's <clears throat> been fun to do. Tonight, uh, I did a very short one right before this, and... I don't know. I was grilling outside just before that, and I think maybe allergies got the best of me. So about halfway through, and I was only planning to do a short one anyway, my voice started to go, and uh, you're still hearing the effects of that now. <laughs> was it the cover of the Gorge Gin and Juice again that got you? Or? No, I didn't do that again. <clears throat> I got a little – I mean, first of all, <laughs> when your parents tune in later on and are like, we're watching your thing. And it's like, oh, great. Can't wait for you to hear me singing about busting a nut. Uh, <laughs> so there's that. It's nothing they haven't heard you sing about before. <laughs> and then also, like, you know, I, I try to stay – I try to keep my personal life and my professional lives pretty separate. Um, so I'm not super easy to find on Facebook, but you always worry a little bit about, you know, your employer finding you covering Snoop Dogg and singing about gin and juice when you're supposed to be uh, molding young minds at a Catholic K through eight. So I did not cover that again. Oh, you're, you're molding young minds. All right. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's supposed to be an amusing cover. Like, you're not supposed to take it super seriously, but, you know, the lyrics are what they are. And they are, they are not 2020 uh, woke lyrics. No, but if you haven't heard the Gourds version of that song, definitely check that out. It's highly recommended. Yeah, it's great. But the other thing you're getting ready to do, we were just talking about it before we hit record, is uh, setting up a D&D game for your <clears> students. <throat> Which sounds interesting. Well, to be clear, I'm not going to set it up. I'm just I'm I'm wading into uh, gaming and doing various types of tabletop gaming online because of you know the times that we live in. Um, I have a, a group of kids that we sort of organically started a gaming club at one of my schools, and they had been running their own little D and D campaign, which I was just basically supervising, not participating in. And they only got to about the second or third session um, before this all started. And so we have not really been able to continue it. And <clears throat> I had proposed to them that we could just do it via Zoom. But then I said, you know, there is this Roll20 site. It looks really cool. I know lots of people out there 
Long story short, I am uh, helping them dive into using Roll20 as a way to play D&D, which uh, I think you've got a little bit of experience with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's forcing me to branch out, even though I'm I'm putting it kind of on the kids to create the campaign. There's one of them that's been messing around with it, and so we'll see how this goes. But we created a, dis- a Discord, which I hadn't done a discord yet which you know minus two nerd points but uh, so now it forced me to create a discord and blah 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 so so you have to moderate all this or are you going to sit on sit in on the sessions uh yeah for the official sessions of this uh, it's still technically our gaming club and therefore an extension of the school so i have to you know make sure it doesn't get incredibly inappropriate or <laughs> before in the face-to-face games did you have some ground rules for the campaign for all the players yeah i mean <clears throat> for both the gaming club in general and the D game we had some really basic ground rules about some of the same stuff you would do in like a in like a you know if you're running a group as a therapist like you know one person talking at a time obviously there were some rules about keeping it you know school appropriate um and some things like that. Um, I mean, nothing major. By and large, these are like really nice kids. It hasn't been too big of a concern. So, how long are the games? When we were running it at school, it was. <laughs> it's a loud slurp. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to you know ease my throat here so that I have a little bit of voice to get you through this. Got a little bit of medication over there. All right. <laughs> I feel like I need to mix some like whiskey and hot tea and uh, no, lemon. The one, the one drink I had, I think I maybe talked about it earlier episode, but it's called penicillin. Yep. Uh, that was served. Like a hot tea to me before the pandemic started, which seems like a lifetime ago, but that was fantastic. Um, yeah, so I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought after. No, after I was asking how long the uh, session. Oh, had. right, right, right. So at when we were doing them at school, they last about an hour, okay. um, slightly longer some days if they all get there quickly. Um, this we're doing online, so it might go longer. I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. We'll see how the one person has taken the lead on, you know, DMing this campaign and kind of setting up stuff on Roll Twenty. So I'm I'm curious to see how it goes. Nice. Are any of the games that you join in and play with them? So like when somebody wants to play Magic or play King Domino or we played a game called Clank or things like that, I'll play with them for that. For the D and I've kind of let them do their own thing. Like you're just I'm out. Just, <laughs> I'm just kind of you know keeping an ear on it. There's usually when we were at school, there was usually one to two people that didn't want to play their D and D campaign, so there was usually somebody that I was kind of playing a different game with on the side. And now we're getting joined by a cat. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I have not played. They they didn't ask me to play this time around, um, which I think is good. I think it's good for them to kind of do it and not have me um, coming in with my involved. Yeah, yeah, off the top rope with some wacky character. <laughs> and then you know if they're having fun, we're going to extend this into the summer, um, just because it's been such a weird school year anyway. Um, but if 
you know, one of them is an eighth grader that's graduating. So if they want to continue it on and whatnot, then, you know, I've got them set up and they can do that on their own. So, yeah, cool. Without losing one of their campaign members. Now, you've been playing D&D online some. Are you guys using Roll20 when you do it? Right now, yes. So Mm -hmm. I, I ran a campaign for maybe six months years ago on Roll20, which is the site you mentioned. Some people use mm-hmm. Skype, there's Roll20, there's some other venues you can use. But Roll20 works pretty well. So I'm in a campaign right now. It's running through an adventure. Uh, our friend Jana is running it, and we play. Since the, the pandemic, all the social isolation is going on, we've been playing pretty much weekly, mm-hmm. which is actually fun. It's uh, since people don't have to drive anywhere, it's easy to just say, oh, we'll play Tuesday night or like we have a game tomorrow night. Um, usually play for a couple hours or so. And then, you know, it's, uh, it's a nice way to keep the momentum for the campaign going. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been fun. It's been kind of giving me the itch to want to run a game. Well, I, I know some people that would like you to run a game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Your son continues. I wouldn't even say troll me. He's just legitimately not happy with me for not running our correct. Yes, D and D campaign that we started was that last summer or two years ago? Not last summer, but the summer before. Goodness. We're in Glacier. Yeah, and I haven't run a session since that time. I know it's a terrible DM. But I don't know if I've run one for anybody since then. Like if just priorities and whatnot. Um, that was fun. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's going on. What else? So in Roll Twenty, you guys are using like the maps, and you know somebody's creating that stuff on it because that's what looked super intense to me when I looked at it. Was well, I think you can you can be as rudimentary or as involved as you want. So mm-hmm. if you really want to do very detailed tactical combat with the five inch squares and this is what this money does and here's what the map looks like you can do all that i know for this adventure that Jana is running it's called tomb of annihilation which is kind of a takeoff of tomb of horrors from the you know, old edition of D. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can purchase that within the dm can purchase that within roll 20 and then you have all the maps all the art all the handouts Oh, it's pre, it's kind of pre-canned for you. I didn't even get that far. Yeah. I saw I saw that there was some of the stuff for other role-playing games, but I didn't see much D&D as I was poking around on it. So my understanding is all the published content from, from D&D, from Wizards of the Coast, that you can buy within Roll20. Okay. And say, okay, we're going to play this adventure, and then you have all – the DM has all the stuff. Yep. And then you can say, oh, you meet this character, and here's what the character looks like, and you – click on a button and it pops up on screen for everybody or like in our campaign, we're kind of going through this tomb and finding different magic items. And, you know, Jana will say, okay, here's what you find. And then it pops up on our screen and we have kind of a readout of like, Oh, that's what this wand or sword does. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're exploring. So as we go into each room, she'll open up the map and we see what's there. So you can do that or you could just do more, what they call theater of the mind, where you're just describing, hey, you walk into a room and here's what you see, and there's right. no there's no map. So I don't know what whatever your kids are doing. I'm sure they 
probably are more savvy with it all than even we are. <laughs> well, I was hoping that, you know, this would give them sort of like the, I don't know, the challenge of like creating because they're they're really into like creating their own campaigns now running like the pre-canned D&D sure. modules. So I was hoping that one of them would like create maps and you know, just kind of take it and run. I mean, it sounds like you can load sound effects and all kinds of stuff to it if you want to really get into it. So I'm curious to see how they'll do it. And then I thought it was worth kind of discussing here because, you know, this is still radio-free coronavirus. Still radio-free coronavirus. um, You know, while things are starting to open up, I think that, you know, a lot of people are going to try to do their best to... um, maintain social distancing for some amount of time yet so people may are be they, interested in... <laughs> are they i'm trusting that our loyal listeners are uh i mean uh, the, the the rest of the world and and other states our and listeners whatnot. in the ozarks did not get the memo <laughs> our listeners in wisconsin may have gone rogue but um yeah i you know i, I still think it's you know, and not to be Debbie Downer, but like, I think there's a really good chance, regardless of the opening up stuff, that we're going to go through another round of this come sometime in the fall or winter. So, go backwards, yeah. So, having these ideas for, you know, ways that you can continue to play games or do different things online, because I don't know about you, but I feel like, um, we hit a wall about two to three weeks ago where like I had been having like zoom happy hours, like three and four nights a week. And then they just went away. (laughs) I I think people were, I know Emily, uh, my wife, she was just kind of, I wouldn't say burned out, but I think there's only so much you can do with those. Like only having one person talk at a time. And when you get six or more people, it's hard to focus. Didn't, didn't listen to my house party review at all. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, and I don't think she's alone. Like it, And part of it is just the weather got better, too. So um, there was that. But, yeah, we've been having some fires out back and right. um, socially distanced. No one comes in the house. And you've right, right. been over once or twice, which yep. I went over to your porch, didn't go in your house. Right. Uh, which has been it was good, good to see you. Uh, yeah, no, it's definitely good to see people um, when it's, you know, kind of safe. And so, you know, can maintain that social distancing and still get to see some people in person. But anyway, you know, I just thought it was like a good thing to discuss, um, you know, some of these different ways that you can continue to play tabletop games um, when you can't all get together, which because I, I don't know about for you, but for me, you know, when it comes to like magic and even playing other, you know, uh, we've talked about a few other games like uh, Ascension from time to time on here. Like the fun of those games to me is playing them with another with other people, playing them with friends like that's yeah. that's the draw for me. Like they're great games and, you know. I think Magic's the greatest game, but the a huge part of the enjoyment comes from playing with the people that you you know enjoy playing it with. So just figuring out different ways to do those things when we aren't supposed to hang out in person and touch each other's uh, cards or dice or whatever it might be. Um, it's worth it. You, you shouldn't touch anyone else's dice anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> etiquette piece while we're at it. <laughs> right. But um, people have come to blows over such things. <laughs> that's, uh, or, again. Or touching someone else's mini, you know. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been looking into uh, also a couple of ways to play other games. Um, I've tried to lure you into trying tabletop simulator with me through steam which you have not taken the bait so what, far what are we gonna play uh you i mean once you get into it there's uh versions of you know all kinds of games on there a I'd lot of up, up i think that. some of them are are i think legal versions and some of them less so but Chicago. uh it's <laughs> it's you know it's it's basically like uh um What's the word I want? It's like a sandbox for creating any kind of tabletop game. So um, it comes with some really simple ones that I don't care about. But then people have taken the time to create all kinds of the you know fun games that I like to play. So I'm curious to see what's on there and how. I, I mean, I think it's a little bit like uh, <laughs> for anybody that's familiar with Roblox which my son likes to play a lot, um, which is kind of another sandbox for just kind of creating any sort of game that you want with sort of that Minecraft level of graphics, yeah, you know, those yeah. blocky graphics. And um, sometimes people have created really cool games and they're pretty well supported and there's lots of players. And sometimes like they're just janky or they don't work or something's, you know, causes the game to crash or whatnot, um, or nobody plays it anymore. Like, you know, it's it's kind of a all over the place in terms of what level of quality you get. And I think Tabletop Simulator is that way too. Like, some people have done some really good versions of popular games that are out there, um, and then <laughs> other ones not so much. But. So not so much now. Yeah, but, we can check it out. Yeah, I was curious. I mean, I think it's like 10 bucks on Steam and then a lot of the content after that is free. I imagine just like Roll20, there's some ways that they've tried to sort of further monetize it if you want to pay for official versions of some types of games. But um, anyway, just another idea for people out there that want to do something besides uh, yet another Zoom meeting with friends. Zoom happy hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I imagine. I think we. I don't know when the last one I did was. I think it's been like two weeks. I think I. I think I did one with uh, some people like a week and a half ago. But like again, like when this first started, it was like three and four and five times a week, and then. How comfortable do you feel being out and about? <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I think there's different levels of that. I mean, at no point during this entire thing did I ever not go like I've, I go to Costco once a week and sometimes a grocery store on top of that. Um, masking it up, masking it up as soon as I finally got it. <laughs> my N95 masks from China are uh, still in transit, still in transit, <laughs> just keep getting pushed back on the arrival date. I expect that the federal government might apprehend them if they figure out what's in that box. Uh, Cause apparently that's the thing that happens. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, I finally got a, some cloth masks after a little bit of waiting. So yeah, every time I go to those places now I, I wear my mask 
and sanitize my hands as soon as I get back to the car. Although there was one time that I got home and had done like several things and it like dawned on me that I had never sanitized or washed my hands after coming in. And so. thus now you're coughing and suppress. <laughs> you know, that was like more than two weeks ago. So I, I think I'm in the clear on that one. But um, so as far as that goes, like I'm trying to limit the amount of that kind of stuff that I do um, and keep it to the essentials. And sometimes if I can find a window from one of the grocery delivery services, I'll do that instead of going to the grocery store. It's kind of expensive to have somebody shop at Costco for you. Um, I think the main service that you have used for that is one of those that has like an annual subscription oh, to it. Okay. So I've, I have not um, gone that far. Uh, and, you know, Costco of all the stores, um, I, I know they're in the news a lot because it's one of those places that uh, the people that are, anti-masks and whatnot are trying to uh, draw that line of the sand. But ignoring those people and where we live, that's not really a thing that I've encountered. Um, you know, the, the aisles are really wide. Um, it's a huge warehouse store, so it's pretty easy for the most part to maintain your, your distance from people. And I know they're like spraying down the carts between every use and whatnot. So, um, yeah. I haven't been to a store. Emily's been the one that goes grocery shopping maybe once a week. Um, we went up to a state park yesterday, mm -hmm. and the parking lot was pretty packed, almost at capacity. Most of the people walking around, and granted, it's outside, but not wearing masks. I had a mask on because um, the trails, it's not like it's very wide, so... Mm -hmm. And there's a suspension bridge, so they had signs. It's like, you know, every people wait six feet, don't but it's a it's it's a narrow bridge and people are going both directions and right. I mean you're in people's airspace, so to speak. So most people weren't wearing a mask there. Uh, I had one on and then we went to Duluth thinking like, Oh, it probably won't be that crowded and it really wasn't. It was surprising just for Memorial Day for Canal Park Drive to be pretty dead right on a, on a fairly nice sunday afternoon you know not much was open restaurants bars you know uh, the breweries were closed uh the there had been a storm there i think earlier in the year so the boardwalk got ripped up so there's just not much to do there so not a lot of people are going um, but it was just weird like there's some people wearing masks most people weren't walking around um like that's the extent of my social contact Lately, other than seeing people for, like I said, like the fires out back or right. came over to your place. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, when That's I... probably going to be the extent of it for me. Like, I don't feel comfortable. Certainly, if I do go out, I'll wear a mask around people. But, like, I don't want to go to a mall. I certainly don't want to go to a restaurant or anything. Like, I'm, I'm basically going to be home. Yeah, I mean, and you have a, a little extra layer of concern when it when it comes to sure. this yeah. um you know uh you know in terms of underlying condition and whatnot i, I know i was just thinking as you're talking like i walk the neighborhoods a lot and it's been interesting to sort of see the etiquette on that and uh most people myself included i do not wear a mask when i'm out walking outside but I give everybody a super wide berth. Like if yeah, they're, we're, we're facing each other on the sidewalk, like if, you know, 
it, as soon as I see them, like I'll walk out into the street. Like there's usually kind of cars parked along the side. And so there's like, you know, a car length plus a boulevard to the sidewalk between us. So, um, and for the most part, like I really haven't had much issue, uh, with people being disrespectful or whatnot when it comes to that. Uh, just a few aggressive joggers that like, you don't even realize they're coming up behind you. And then you, you're like, you're like on your left at the last second. It's like, dude, like you're behind me. Like you could just cut out around me. You and have instead, much more agency and control of the situation. You just ran right up into my personal space, which has happened once or twice. But even that was like weeks ago now. Like I haven't had even that happen recently, but again, I'm like, I'm, I'm, Right in the the city, it's you know, super, like you know, <laughs> by and large, very, very, very liberally liberal leaning um, in the neighborhoods that I'm in. So I just think that people in this area are are taking it pretty seriously and being pretty uh, respectful of of everyone when it comes to this. It'll be curious to see just how long that lasts. Because, yeah, same thing. Like, when I walk around here in the neighborhood, I don't wear a mask. Um, maybe I should. And it's, if it starts to get, like, more crowded and people aren't, like, usually, like, 50 feet ahead or so, people start veering off. Yeah. Uh, it's when they don't do that where I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be the one that, that moves or, you know, we both move. Um, but, like, being out and it was weird being out around people yesterday. Like, we... Because I haven't gotten fast food or anything for forever because I've barely left the house. Yeah. And on the way up to Duluth, we stopped in Hinkley. There's a Hardee's there. I went through the drive-thru. Yeah, the Hinkley Hardee's. I love that Hardee's. Yeah. yeah. And, like, ate at a picnic bench. Like, one, the people in Hardee's weren't wearing a mask, which is a little, eh, uh, you know, wouldn't be my preference. But it's like, whatever. We're I guess we're eating here. Um, the inside was closed. And then just people... Like going to get gas and there's a convenience store there and come like it's just it was just weird being around people. Right. I wouldn't call it hyper vigilant because certainly, you know, patients I've talked to and like you're just aware of your surroundings. Uh, I definitely had more situational awareness than I usually do of like who's is anyone potentially going to get near me? And if they do, what am I going to do about it? Like, do I put my mask back on and all this which is obviously not a thought that I had two months ago. And I think like, I'll just, I'll just have way more thoughts like that going forward until things settle down. If they ever do. You've just breezed past the important uh, things here, Mike, which are what'd you get at Hardee's? The, uh, I think the number six, which is, I don't know. It was just a burger with, it's like a salad on a bun with a burger oh, on there. Did you even get a hand dip shake, Mike? No, I did not. Oh, my God. Have you even been to Hardee's before? I like, only got the hot ham and cheese. She's more of a Hardee's aficionado. I mean, you go Frisco Burger. You go Mushroom and Swiss. Like, there's a lot of good choices there. And you have to get the, the – the Hardee's is single-handedly who caused everybody else to start doing shakes properly again instead of having the crappy shake machine. McDonald's shake? Yeah. I got curly fries. They were good. The curly fries were solid. Yeah. Curly fries were good. And then we had uh, Herberts and Gerberts up in Duluth. 
for mm-hmm, mm-hmm, times there. Uh, also closed for in person, like you couldn't eat in there, but you go pick it up. Right. Ate in the car while driving. So, so in about a week, the uh, <clears throat> local authorities have allowed for patio dining. I just think it's going to be <laughs> a mob scene. Uh, yeah, I personally don't think this is going to end well for anyone, both on the restaurant and the customer side. But I was curious to know if you were uh, planning to hit your favorite patio or. I mean, for a month and a half, we weren't even doing takeout. I think one of the first times we did takeout was Mother's Day. Um, <laughs> and I got like takeout from P.F. Chang's and that turned into a bit of a debacle. I, I, I was hoping we were working up to the pizza story here. The pizza story. <laughs> I think we'll skip that. Um, but no, it's like everyone had the same idea on Mother's Day to order takeout. Yeah. And the P.F. Chang's, it's over like the Southdale Mall. There's like P.F. Chang's. There's a uh, Cheesecake Factory and a Buffalo Wild Wings all sort of right next to each other. Yep. And I pulled into that side of the parking lot and that side of the parking lot was like Christmas. Just cars fighting for curbside parking. People are sort of on their cell phone looking agitated. A lot of people in mass, like walking in and out of stores, looking very frazzled. And it was just one of those things where they probably, each place probably had minimal staff. They got slammed with orders. And then they right. said, okay, yeah, pick up at five. And everyone just showed up at the same time and it was a bit of a mess. I was there like 45 minutes. My son was crying in the back seat. <laughs> he was like, Oh, he can come with me on a ride to give my wife a little bit of a break on mother's day. And right, right. we go there and we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. And he's in his car seat screaming. I don't want to wait. <laughs> I want to eat. Where's our food. <laughs> and I'm trying to calm him down and I'm like calling the number the number's just busy or no one's answering. Right. Someone came out like, what's your name? Like, we don't have an order for you. And it just was a big mess. But I was very proud of, very proud of Hugo because at one point, like, I'm trying to calm down. He's just very not happy. And he's like, I'm really angry. <laughs> <laughs> I turned around. I was like, thank you for using your words. Yes, I'm angry, too. We're both <laughs> angry right now. When when was that age he would do he would do this one? It's taking too long. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what was happening. But we got our food and uh you know, we got back in one piece. Uh we've we've ordered some pizza. Got my uh, buffalo chicken pizza, which was good. It did you? I did. <laughs> I did finally. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I've I've tried to patronize some of the local places around me that I enjoy um, throughout this whole thing. So I've done takeout. I try to be careful about handling it when I you know come in the house and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I've done takeout throughout this whole process and. Gotten a, a fabulous sandwich that's uh, apparently, you know. Oh yeah, you were t- you were trying to explain that to me the other night. Yeah, um, a friend of a friend on um, 
on Facebook had posted that uh, they're the number one rated sandwich shop for, I believe it's pronounced Bon Me. Don't sue me if that's the incorrect <laughs> pronunciation. Um, is here in the Twin Cities um, over in Northeast. And uh, I looked them up, um, place called Lou's, L-U apostrophe S. And um, they were doing uh, curbside service during this. So I even Will was excited to try it. So I ordered some up and went over and picked them up um, I don't know, several weeks ago. And they are fantastic. Highly recommend it to our our Twin Cities listeners. So I pulled it up here as you're talking. So Luke's yep. sandwich yep. Top, topped off with fresh cilantro, cucumber, pickled carrots, jalapenos, green onions, and rich homemade butter and pork pate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Served in a crispy, fresh French baguette that's baked daily in our small shop. And the bread is amazing. That's, that's what uh, you had mentioned, that the yeah. bread was pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this place is, uh, you know, come up in several different, uh, you know, lists that I've seen of like the best sandwiches in the country. And so, you know, here in flyover country, we get, we get excited when the number one of anything is here instead of in New York or San Francisco, San Francisco or, or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to go and try that and it was, it was well worth it. Nice. I'm kind of curious when... Like going to a brewery or something, a patio, being outdoors, like that seems maybe a little safer, but too many drunk people, probably not a lot of social distancing, like I'll, I'll, I'll probably just not do it. Yeah, I mean, my heart of hearts wants to, to do it and, you know, maybe with the right people in the right place, I'll give it a shot and see how it goes. One time, we'll we'll see. Like I said, I, I mean, the the rule here is that they have to take reservations, and they're only allowed to operate at what twenty five percent of the. Which I don't know how they're going to make money. Well, yeah, I mean that's why I think it's a bad deal for them. Like I don't know that. I guess it's one thing if you were already doing um, curbside pickup, and then you just get to add this to that, like then you've kind of already got some staff there and there's like, you know, extra ways to make that money. But, you know, having just outdoor seating at that capacity just seems like barely worth turning the lights on. And then there's all the issues about, you know, if you had to lay off your employees, they've been getting unemployment. And then if you open back up, like, do they still get unemployment? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I just... I feel like you're going to need to call in June to get a table in August and I don't know, it just seems, seems like it's not going to, not going to be great for anybody, but you know, I hope it's helpful to the restaurants cause I'm, I'm terrified of all the places that I really like, you know, not surviving this. So. Yeah. I think as time goes on, we'll, we'll get a little bit more comfortable with ordering takeout and trying to keep the places we really like going but i don't know about like we like getting a babysitter and going out from time to time yep and one just like inviting a stranger into our home of like yes come take care of our child we have no idea where you've been over the last few months like right there's that piece of getting a babysitter and heck we haven't even had family over like no one's been in our house yep. for for a while and then going out 
just for all the reasons we're talking about, and I have to be a little bit more careful. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a while. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think different people are going to be different levels of comfortable with that, depending on like their age, their health, whether they've got any sort of, you know, <clears throat> pre-existing condition, underlying concerns, etc. Um, so for some people, I mean, we we the herd immunity is a thing, <laughs> and we're still a long ways away from. Uh, any potential vaccine. So, you know, I think some people are going to be willing to take that risk and that, you know, is probably appropriate for some people to do so. But, you know, when when you do have a pretty serious um, heart condition, like, you know, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Like yours truly. Right. I'm not sure when you decide to, uh, you know, at what level you want to take those risks. So. Well, even yesterday, I Tell Emily a little bit tonight. Is like it was. It was a lot to be out and about yesterday. To be hiking around people. You know, just like walking around. You know, Canal Park. Not that it's not like anyone came up to my face and coughed on me, but just being out and around people. It's like, is that worth the potential trade off of getting really sick or having something worse happen? It's like in the moment, it's like we had a nice day and it felt good. But like the day after, you're like, was that the smartest thing to be doing? <laughs> and I think just being aware of making those decisions without getting like too anxious and panicked about it. But I, I just literally have to be mindful yep. of how much risk am I willing to take on? Like, yeah, it'd be great to go to a concert if concerts existed, but I'm not going to do it for a while. Yeah. I mean, I, I think just due to the, uh, nature of the beast, like that's going to be one of the last things to come back. I mean, uh, people have a tendency to sing along at concerts and, um, singing is one of the absolute worst things you can do in terms of, did you read that article as well? <laughs> something in the times or the or Atlantic, I think. Well, even our governor in his press conference that specifically got mentioned. Cause I sent it on to my choir director and was like, see you in 2022. <laughs> well, yeah. Church services where people are, you know, getting their praise on and stuff like, yeah, it's, it's like an enclosed space with everyone. Yeah. So, so, but, you know, I think being outside uh, as best as we understand right now, and I still feel like we understand relatively little when it comes to this particular threat, but, you know, they seem to think that being outside limits your exposure and that it's not just like uh, if you get exposed, but the duration of that exposure is a big deal when it comes to this. And so I, I, you know, I think being outside like that is, is pretty low risk, but. Which is why we, we felt comfortable doing it. Even then yep. I was, I still had a mask on, you know, um, and I don't care if I'm the only one I was joking today. I've been wearing compression socks for four or five years. It's like, <laughs> just give me another piece of armor. I'm ready. <laughs> right. Neon compression socks, mask. What else? What else do you have for me? Earplugs. Hook. Yeah. Dadding it up. Yeah. Well, keeping myself busy. The thing I was looking, I get to get new sneakers. And the one review was like, this is the dad shoe. <laughs> Attacked. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a no for me, dog. It's a no for me, dog. What else? I'm trying to think how else I'm keeping myself occupied. You're talking about card games before, right? 
I hit Legend again in Hearthstone. That was exciting. Well done. Yeah, it's easier now that they changed the ladder system, but it's still uh, still a fun little accomplishment. Yeah, I keep thinking I need to start playing. You know, Magic has, uh, I mean, it's not even new anymore, but there's something called Arena that's like their eventual successor to Magic Online that is a lot more graphics intensive that's sort of supposed to be the Hearthstone-esque version of Magic that's a little more interesting to look at. Um, but again, as we were talking about earlier in this thing, like for me, playing magic is about the social connections as much or yeah. as the game, even though the game's wonderful. So I, I just haven't really done that. But I was talking with, uh, uh, my ex-wife's two brothers and that I still play magic with and the, the one wife that we should maybe try playing where we can, uh, have a nerd fest and, uh, play it through that and then still be chatting somehow or another whether that's discord or, or whatnot so well, you, you got to see me stream some hearthstone which was pretty, i did pretty I funny did. i chased away all of your uh... you chased away all three viewers <laughs> with your f- fake quasi fake trolling of me <laughs> right <laughs> also losing eight games in a row didn't help that might have been part of the problem that's part of it well you were talking about the social aspect, like because Hearthstone is—it's an online game. You're playing against a real person each time, but you're not able to communicate. You don't chat back and forth or anything. Right. Uh, every once in a while, someone will add you as a friend after a game, but usually it's just—it's <laughs> never a good thing. It's never a good thing. <laughs> so as I was going climbing the ladder, getting up close to Legend, it, I was like rank one, and it goes from like twenty up to rank one, and then you hit Legend, whatever. I beat somebody and they friended me. I was like, oh, hey, good game. And they're like, really? That was a joke. Was it a good game? <laughs> I'm like, okay. Then they just started cursing at me and then they yeah. defriended me so you can't write back. But it was, <laughs> it's sort of funny. Not that I want to tilt people, but just like I get it. Like, yeah, it's it's a competitive thing and you get mad if, if you lose. Uh, but some of it's just so toxic. Yeah, the the old Magic Online had, you know, text chat the whole time that you're playing, oh, and brutal. that was often a, you know, well, I shouldn't say often, but occasionally that was a toxic city also. Well, it was, it was fun, because I follow quite a few people on Twitter who are, like, really into Hearthstone, they have podcasts about it, and they generate content, and some of the more professional players, uh, and there's this guy in the... I think the UK who posted this deck that I wanted to try out and you, you joined along and watched me kind of play it badly. Mm-hmm. Shout out to, to beardy man, UK, right? Beardy man, UK. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, he had updated the list earlier in the month and said, Hey, try this. And then gave me a few pointers through uh, Twitter. And I was like, okay. I, and I kept trying. I was like, Oh, I'd like to try to get this to legend. And he like sent me a few messages throughout like, Oh, good luck. Like, looks like you're doing great. Which is a little bit more social than just playing by myself, but it like makes it more fun. And uh, yeah, I did that a few days ago, which was which was only the second time I've hit Legend, which it's and the first time in Wild. There's two different formats, so uh, I was playing a lot of Murloc cards and a lot of hitting people in the face, which was fun. Mm-hmm. I just liked it because uh, I imagine that Beardy Man is the same Beardy Man that. 
collaborated with Fat Boy Slim on the on the Eat Sleep Rave Repeat song. I like to imagine that she's giving you deck tips for Hearthstone. <laughs> it may be. <laughs> Which I told him via Twitter, and and he appreciated. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. He's just play, he's slow playing it, playing it, playing it. He's trying to hide out. <laughs> but that person doing that vocals on that uh, on that song for people that know it is that's that's Beardy Man. The original version is uh, not not safe for work, but the uh, Calvin Harris remix is is fairly safe for work oh, okay. the, of the Eat Sleep Brave repeat. I think I'm doing it right now as I'm reading a Carlin Home Companion, uh, the memoir by Kelly Carlin, George Carlin's daughter. Because I'm scheduled to interview her for my other podcast in like a week, which I really haven't said to many people because I'm sort of afraid it's not going to happen. So <laughs> uh, I'm sort of surprised that it is, but I'm, I'm very excited to prepare for that. That'll be really cool. I mean, look at us taking leaps during <laughs> during social isolation. You're interviewing George Carlin's daughter, who's you know a giant hero of yours. Not the daughter per se, but George Carlin. And I, I'm playing Turd Ferguson, trying Turd to Ferguson. <laughs> trying to get that going. If any of our loyal listeners know a uh, pedal steel or uh, fiddle player in the greater Twin right. Cities area, that's that's willing to put up with my amateur what self. If, what if Beardy Man UK knows a fiddle player over across the pond? <laughs> you might have to move. <laughs> right? Uh, I've thought about doing a, a DJ stream during all of this, but uh, have not gotten around to it yet. But when I, I streamed Hearthstone, what, two weeks ago? Two and a half? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, well, this was kind of fun. I'd like to do it more. And I think I did it once more, but I realized I have to schedule it because just thinking like, oh, I'll see what's going on tonight. Maybe I'll stream has not worked. Well, I mean, I think there's a whole nother level um, for all of these things, whether it's this podcast or streaming or whatnot of self-promotion that um, neither one of us today has really found ourselves wanting to go that the Rubicon. Yeah, I mean, and and I think there's pros and cons of of doing that, but but yeah, I think I think you do have to um try to think keep things on some sort of schedule and let people know and um you know do various things and try to promote yourself and blah 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 and it's up to you to decide if you really want to start that grind. Yeah, it's fun, but like if it's something that becomes an obligation, then it becomes less fun. So if Turd Ferguson becomes something you're like, uh, gotta go back on Facebook Live and jam out tunes, I'm not really <laughs> feeling it. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, fun. if a handful of my friends show up and listen and say something, which tonight I was laughing because, <laughs> because of the. <laughs> the uh, some of the material that I was playing and the lyrical content and the main person that is is commenting like live as I'm doing the stream is my ex-wife, which adds an extra layer of humor to you know the song that I'm playing and what the lyrics are. And then she's and so you know it, it, to get on with just like friends and do that is fine and it's fun. Um, I, I think the eventual goal for Turd Ferguson, if it ever happens for me, would be you know, a kind of like a, a bar band, like, you know, we 
we went to see my one friend play at a brewery uh, back in normal times last yes. November, whenever that was. Um, yeah. The wholehearted night. Right. Um, so, you know, having a group of people that wanted to do stuff like that um, would be a lot of fun. And I really, really enjoy doing it. Um, hard to find fiddle players and steel pedal players in Minnesota. But um, I mean, I don't I haven't seen the Craigslist ad. You got to you know put it up there. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't done it. I, you know, I've been trying to take this um, period of time to like get back to playing guitar. Strike while the uh, what's strike while the iron's hot. Strike while the fire's hot. <laughs> well, I've got to get where I'm semi competent at playing these songs because um, I isolated people right now. That's all I'm saying. As long as I've played guitar, like I had not been doing it that much, you know, for many many years. So that was kind of one of my goals during social isolation was to start playing a lot more regularly i've been playing almost every day and whatnot um you know before i'd been doing a lot of drumming and a lot of singing and whatnot but not a lot of guitar playing so we'll see i i mean my friend kent who you know played in the aforementioned band that uh on the wholehearted night uh has said he will play in turd ferguson um which is one way 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 more talented than me musician that's on board so now i just need one or two more of those and it, it would be a go so. well but this facebook live stuff it's when you practice your mic skills really interacting with people this is this is good I, again like uh, you know <clears throat> for people that haven't ever played for an audience like you know having to like sing or play guitar or both like there's a sort of like there's a rush to it. There's a, a fun part of doing something like that. And even when it's through Facebook Live, you still feel a little bit of that. So it's it's fun to do, um, whether or not it uh, furthers that. I mean, this whole Turd Ferguson idea has been around for years and years and years for me. So uh, it would be really fun to see it actually happen. But who's uh, who's uh, designing the merch? That's that's the important part. I feel like we know a number of people that could design merch if, if we get to that point. I'm not that worried about that. It's more finding the other, you know, one to two really talented or more talented than me anyway, musicians that are willing to put up with my amateur self. That's the, the, the tripping point. The thing that I've thought about is trying to do a D&D campaign that's just very improv heavy. But recording that and putting that out as a podcast, which sounds like it would increase my anxiety quite a bit, but could also be fun. <laughs> you mentioned that idea of a rush and kind of trying to engage with an audience. Like, there's part of me that wants to do that. Obviously, we're doing this podcast and I have the other one. Mm -hmm. But in terms of like just going 100 miles an hour in that lane, I've never really been that person. Yeah, I mean, I think to a certain degree, it's got to be something that comes natural and you enjoy and you want to do. And then the second layer of that is like a number of things that we're talking about. Like, you know, I, you know, I said I would like to DJ on 
um, you know, do a stream. Well, me and every freaking other <laughs> DJ of all time, especially right now, like nobody can tour. So all the big boys are all on Twitch uh, doing streams. So uh, getting any kind of traction, having anybody care about your stream um, is a question mark if you're just doing kind of what a lot of other people are doing. So then it becomes like, well, kind of what's your what's your angle? What do you like legitimately bring to that stream? That's, you know, you know, I don't want to be like the gimmick wrestler of DJ <laughs> streams. The red rooster. I your hair and. I don't. I don't want to be leaping Lanny Papo or Doink the Clown. Manager Frankie. <laughs> um, Coco Beware ruled. By the way, uh, you know Coco Beware was legit, and before he. Oh, so is the Red Rooster. He's a very talented wrestler. Yeah, uh, and leaping Lanny Papo, brother of one of the greats. So. Yeah, genius. I mean, but it's gimmicks. I, I had forgotten until recently that that's the, the that's Macho Man's brother. Yeah. Like I, I forget that part of it, but anyway, um, you know I think obviously there's a lot of D and D streams out there, so the question becomes like, what do you do that's both like true to yourself, but also something that sets you apart from some of the other ones out there. Well, what sets Turd Ferguson apart from all the other bands <laughs> out there? I think you just have to do it for yourself, you know? And if other people come along for the ride, then cool. And especially now, just find something that makes you happy and go for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that, too. I, I, again, like, if it generates enough of an audience that um, it's fun to do and it's worth doing, then then do it. Whether that's five people or fifty people, five thousand or whatever it is. Well, it's like the the Poison Leaf show that I went to. I was like, I think I like Taff more than the band. <laughs> <laughs> Give me more Taft. <laughs> uh, that was that was fun times. Yep. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think there's something to be said for everybody kind of having these moments during social distancing, quarantine, whatever we want to call it, of like putting themselves out there and kind of doing these different things. And it is a way to sort of connect with both your friends, people that you already know, and potentially some other people as well. Hopefully this podcast is one of those things too, that a few people pick it up each time and reach out or comment or have something to say. I'd, I'd love for people to like, tell me more about roll 20 and their experiences and whatnot. So how can they find you? Well, I try to primarily interact uh, through Twitter for this, which is at geek Zynga, all one word. Um, what about you? I'm at, the id dm t-h-e-i-d-d-m and uh yeah this has been radio free coronavirus and uh since i think this quarantine will go on i imagine there will be more episodes <laughs> <laughs> maybe i still think we should have a radio free coronavirus that i just kind of low-key dj the entire time we have to figure out how to mix that uh-huh because we'll figure it out Mm -hmm. Sure, that sounds great. <laughs> All right.
<laughs> All right. Well, hang in there, sir. Sir. Jeez. Now I can't talk. Jeez. Stay. Stay safe. And uh, yeah, I guess it's back. Back to normal-ish work week. Sort of. I don't know. <laughs> well, for me, it's last week of of quote unquote school. So the the year is winding down. Well, I'm I'm happy your uh, voice came back by the end here. You sound good. I mean, it's it's better anyway. Yeah, it's a hard life on the road performing. Whew, I don't know what happened there. It's some some mixture of I I was grilling right before and outside. Something got to me. All right. Well, until next time. Take care. Yep. You too.